Hello there, and welcome to Absolute Liberation Podcast. This is the first episode, and this is going to be about, um, well, me, your host, anti-speciesist Ollie. So I'm going to give you a bit of a background as to what I'm doing, um, what I do, what I've done, my sort of journey and evolution within veganism and how I've got to this point now. And then I'm just going to give you a little bit of an explanation um, about the future of this podcast and yeah right so pre-veganism so before veganism I was um, actually quite anti-veganism um, anti-being a vegan so I used to make kind of silly comments about um, about vegans um, all the rhetoric that you would normally hear, I suppose, um, general rhetoric about veganism, bashing it, because I was a little bit on the sort of, uh, from a younger age, I was a bit more on the right sort of centrist viewpoint of politics. Um, I'll touch on that later, but that changed. Um, But yeah, so I used to be kind of like that, and I used to yeah, make fun of vegans. I remember seeing a vegan protest in the centre of my town, and um, I actually um, ate some dead chicken body parts in front of that protest. Um, Evidently, uh, well, I didn't actually do it on purpose. I actually um, used to eat that sort of thing, unfortunately, and that's what I bought at the time. Um, and I just happened to see the pod, uh, the um, protest uh, outreach session, and I sort of was laughing at it. And funnily enough, all of those, most of those people who was taking part in that outreach session, I would actually be friends with now which is quite ironic, Um, and I actually do a lot of activism with them. So, you're probably wondering, how did someone like that, um, and and my viewpoint was, they're just animals, it doesn't matter, they're just animals. Um, That was my viewpoint, who gives a crap, essentially. Um, That was my viewpoint at the time. Um, So how did someone like that, on the right, anti-vegan, essentially, actually become vegan. Well, it became it came about when I when I made when I um made friends with a guy um who's now one of my close friends through the hardcore the hardcore punk scene and the metalcore sort of UK metalcore scene. Um, so I got into as as I got older, I got into more sort of um hardcore and punk stuff. Um, so a lot of those people actually talked about veganism and animal rights in a very different way compared to sort of your average vegan in the sense of, oh, I love... An-, just They weren't really saying things like, in, in, in the hardcore stuff, they weren't really saying things like, oh, I love animals, don't hurt them. They were more talking like from a more, I would suppose, cool militant I I guess type viewpoint and they were like screaming like about essentially screaming about animal liberation so I was quite into a band called Earth Crisis I still love them today and they had a song called The New Ethic and that actually says about animal rights and it was like this is the new ethic animals lives are their right 
or are their own. And it goes into all the forms of animal exploitation. And that song was quite powerful for me. And it made me think a lot about animals in a different way. So not in like a hippie, um, and at the time I would have thought left-wing way, they were talking about it from a sort of a passion of almost civil rights, for rights for animals. And I think that's what's impacted me today and in my veganism. Okay, so um, that was the song um, that I was talking about just playing then. So yeah, so I got into hardcore, um, the punk scene. um, And um, essentially, I... Um, my views did start to change as I went to college, was listening to hardcore, getting more involved in that and submersed in that lifestyle. So my views started to change and, um, I started to move every year as I got older from the right to the left. (laughs) And that's where, that's where I'm at now. Um, and I'll go into that later actually, but, um, so yeah, so I got into hardcore and it talked a lot about animal rights and um I also um yeah, so it talked about animal rights as well as human rights. So that made me interested in a lot of stuff. Um so yeah, hardcore was one of the main reasons why I went vegan. I've been vegan for a long time now. Um yeah. So um that was not the only sort of Thing that made me go vegan it was also a bit of an experience so one of my friends um I was meeting one of my mates actually and before I met my mate I um saw uh so where I live there is a um a pier so people fish um and there was a squid um and that poor squid was left on the side of the pier and he was um he or she was um drowning well suffocating i suppose is the proper term um and he or she uh and i was was dying and i said i said to the person who was fishing i said hey are you, are you gonna are you gonna throw that that person back in or are you gonna throw are you gonna well I probably said it back in at the time i don't use that sort of language now um I said, are you going to throw them back in or, or what? And he said, no. So I got really frustrated and I threw that fish, that squid, back in. And um, yeah, so that was my first ever direct action. <laughs> but no, that was how I started to um, get immersed and understand animal rights as a concept. Because I could tell that that individual animal, that um, squid, wanted to live. They were fighting for their life. And you could just tell. So, yeah, it started to get me thinking. And so after a while, I um sort of um didn't um also I I didn't um I I just sort of put it to the back of my mind. And I remember sitting in this very same position as I am now, and I thought, no, I'm never going to go vegan because you know I care. I love um. I was like, well, I love animals, but, you know, I love cooking. I love different flavours. Oh, boy, I was wrong. <laughs> I cook with way more different things now than I ever have, but that's beside the point. Um, veganism is about animal rights, not food. I'm going to make that clear from the get-go of this podcast. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I remember, like, thinking, I was like, well, you know, convenience isn't really an excuse, and it's kind of path- pathetic that we put convenience and tastes 
above the life of individual human uh, non-human animals and um yeah i think that's that's bad but anywho i ended up going to london to see a band called the chromax um so the singer of that band is uh john joseph he was very very he is a vegan or plant based or whatever you want to call him he um is very passionate about that that way of life um talks a lot about the health side of it which is okay is not about animal rights but it it got it gets people interested in the topic at least um and so anyway i was in london and i went to an amazing place called v burger and oh my goodness if any of you listening here ever are in or live in london please go to v burger and i had the seitan schnitzel burger and from that moment onward i remember because oh yeah my mate said to me oh i challenge you to be vegan for the day and i said okay i'll do it i've got nothing to lose sort of thing i was like yeah we'll, we'll give it a go i was i said to him i've said to him before i'm, I'm up for trying vegan places and anyway we um we got to v burger and i remember well i bought stuff from whole foods actually and thought that was that was pleasant it was nice and then had the burger and v burger I remember having um some sweet potato fries and uh which i've always loved um and a can of coke obviously it's not very ethical now but i wasn't aware at the time i was just a pregan if you like and um yeah so it kind of made me make a connection between that individual experience uh, that i had previous and to the connection to the food uh, it just made me think really um and then later on that evening i um went to a show i went to see the chromags and this guy ended up asking me he's actually one of my friends now he asked me i met him that night are you vegan and i said well i'm just decided to become vegan today <laughs> essentially um and that's that's what happened and john joseph of the chromags spoke about it briefly at the show and um yeah that that was that was it really it made me it made me think a lot more about animal rights than i think i ever really would have um was the hardcore punk scene really and john joseph so big up john joseph check him out he's awesome yeah so that was the journey really so i started becoming vegan uh, well you know i became vegan i accepted the philosophy of veganism i accepted i don't want to i don't want animals to be killed for me anymore and obviously uh, it took me a little while to get into it completely obviously i i had a plant based diet but it took me a while to recognize um other things so obviously eventually i phased out um animal the stuff which was tested on animals um every now and again i'd have a tiny slip up of not not reading the packaging properly which it happens it's not good but you know it happens um you know i had a leather belt for a while but i bought that pre-veganism and i didn't want to throw it away so i wait i waited for that to break and i bought a vegan belt um so yeah that that was sort of how it went um but then eventually um i started to get into conversations as you do uh, about veganism with people um and then um in my town there was an animal rights march um that was done uh so this was my sort of in this is actually my introduction to activism section really now so there was an animal rights march and that was the first time i've ever apart from my mate um my mate who was vegan apart from him that was he was sort of the only other apart from him that was the only time i've ever met other vegans really um 
which is cool. So I went to an animal rights march in my town here, uh, Bournemouth, in Dorset. And yeah, that was sort of it. And um, well, interestingly, I obviously I was shouting for the animals, but there was actually opposition to the march. And no, it wasn't meat eaters. It was actually the Animal Liberation Front, which is very interesting. It was people with animal liberation flags. And I thought they were a bit extreme for me, which is funny. But as I um get more into this, this activism life, my views start to change. So I started um doing a lot of Cube of, cube of Truths. So I did uh, the Cube of Truth, Anonymous for the Voiceless. Um, yeah, so that was my second ever form of activism, if you want to call it that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's kind of, I don't do that now because of the problematic things which uh, Anonymous do. Um, but that, that that's, that's another discussion. Uh, you can research that for yourself. But um, yeah, I, I will, if I do say so myself, I believe I got, very good at um, outreach and speaking to people and educating people on animal rights and single-issue veganism and plant-based diets. Um, but as my... But yeah, so I started doing things like that and that got me, you know, in that. And, well, actually, before that, I did quite a lot of chalktivism. So we would go to a park in Southampton and we would write down chalking messages and and obviously these things which you write down are things you could say to people as well. So uh, and I would hear other people speak to people in the park and it would get me sort of learning and I was used to watch a lot of Earthling Ed videos to learn because he is a great communicator. He is good. I don't agree with everything he does now but he is a good communicator. So um, I did all that, so I'd done, and then the other group, um, so I was doing the Cube of Truth, and there was another local group that did some outreach sessions and chalking, and so I was getting quite immersed in that lifestyle, and that was good, and then I wanted to do more for the animals, so that came along, and I started doing, I started attending saves or vigils in Dorset, and, um, I started getting very involved with that, um, and so I was attending my local, if you don't know what a save is, it's where you go to a local slaughterhouse and you bear witness to individual animals that um, are going in there to be murdered. And so that made me come in contact with those people who I viewed to be extreme as such from the Animal, Lover, uh, animal Lovers March, which I attended. And I wasn't going to name it, but <laughs> I've said it now. Um, but I'm thankful for that time because it's made me who I am today. Um, that march made me who I am today. And so those people at the time, I did actually, um, yeah, I did actually, um, well, I got, I met those people and I realised, well, you know what, they're actually right. You know, the Animal Liberation Front is what founded this movement. Why would we want to turn our backs on them? So I thought the Dorset Animal Save people were a bit extreme. But I got more and more immersed in saves and there is a discussion to be had about if we think it's successful or not. But I don't know. That's another that's a discussion for another day. But I actually started organising them for a while. And so I was doing that and I was getting people to come along well, co-organising, uh, not just on my own. Uh, that would be wrong of me to suggest. I um, had a lot. I've had a lot of help from a lot of people 
and I will say a lot of female people because you know a lot of I think that needs to be said is a lot of females run the local grassroots animal rights campaigns and groups and I think like you have a lot of males speaking within animal rights and I think that's sort of problematic because you know on the the boots on the ground if you will are females and they do run a lot of this stuff which is amazing Uh, but yeah so eventually I started progressing and I got into hunt saboteuring so that's the thing which I love okay so that's my main thing I'd say I love hunt saboteuring and you are saving you save a fox's life more or less every time you go out and that is the most rewarding thing waking up 4am for cubbing season or 9am 8am for for main hunt season and going out ridiculously early in a car getting to a meeting point getting a lab and a sorry in a landy a land rover driving around the countryside and stopping a hunt there is that is one of the most successful and one of the best feelings I can there's no other feeling other than like the only other feeling which matches that is going to a hardcore show for me and enjoying live music no drug no alcohol would ever ever be able to recreate the same feeling that you feel when you're running through fields saving the lives of animals for the fox for the hare for the deer for whatever animal it is there is no other feeling like it and maybe that is an egotistical thing to get but you know you're in the beautiful countryside you get something out of it but you're saving but the it's slightly egotistical i suppose because i get something out of it but i get something out of it and that's the side thing but the most rewarding thing is somebody filming or seeing a fox escape and there is no other feeling like that and it's so rewarding your hard action when you do a cube of truth you don't know if someone's going to go vegan they might say to you oh i'm going to go vegan okay lovely they don't do it you've saved that fox's life and you know you've saved that fox's life there is nothing like it and it is it is honestly the best thing i ever ever could yeah ever could could know really um, but yeah, so I also, because I've got involved with a lot of different activism, I also was involved with Extinction Rebellion, so environmental activism, which I think is important. Um, and then later on, I got a bit frustrated with Extinction Rebellion, and I thought, well, you're not talking about veganism, plant-based diet or anything. And then I got involved with Animal Rebellion. Um, so Animal Rebellion, I was highly involved with for such for quite a while. I was doing a lot of different things for them. But unfortunately, I am no longer working with them because we're not fighting for animal. They're not fighting for animal liberation. They are fighting for a plant based food system. There may be people that want to end speciesism and want animal liberation within animal rebellion. I don't doubt that for a second. There are some brilliant people in there and they know about animal resistance and they know about all these brilliant things. But they're not. Our goals are not the same. Unfortunately, I want to eradicate all animal use. So for me, I had to stay, uh, take a step back and I started focusing on direct action and different things. Um, but I hope to elaborate on that one day with somebody else, actually. Um, direct action and investigating different places, um, facilities 
and um, seeing animals in suffering in where they are. Um, it's very emotional, but it's important to document that. So I got involved in travelling to different saves and, and doing all that sort of thing. And I got involved in the Badger Cull, um, which is really interesting. And I've also been setting up fur protests. So focusing on one shop and protesting that shop as much as possible. And obviously I can't at the moment, but making sure that they feel the pressure that, you know, you sell fur, you shouldn't, you're going to have a resistance, you know. So, yeah. But um, my activism now uh, mainly folks focuses on um, direct action, hunt saboteuring, and um, investigating, and um, yeah, just yeah that sort of thing really. And still, every now and again, I attend a save, but I don't really focus on outreach as much because so I did used to travel around quite a lot to different places, you know, sort of different towns, London, Brighton, anywhere, just to do Cubes of Truth, um, which is a bit silly, really. But I do still do leafleting. I do like to... I, I There's a local activist. She's brilliant. She sets up a stool. Um, older lady, animal rights lady, who sets up a stool, and we hand out leaflets um, about animal rights and educate people that way. So, you know, millions of different ways you can do it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm involved in a lot of different things. I obviously do protesting and marches and stuff as well. Um, but yeah, it's all good. So yeah, that's my main thing though, is uh, is direct action really. And um, setting up these fur protests, I suppose, as well. Which is cool, which is cool. Um, but yeah. So eventually, my um, views obviously changed around the best approach for activism and uh, I used to push the sort of the supply and demand um, rhetoric um, that you know vegan capitalism will save us all and one day so many people are going to become vegan and that the capitalists are going to change their mind and they're going to help everybody in this yay vegan world no unfortunately I realized that my veganism had to become anti-capitalist and eventually that has delved into sort of the intersectionality, if you will, um, collective liberation approach. And I'm, I would classify my political stance as an anarchist. So I would say I'm an anarcho-vegan. Um, and obviously my and that also relates to environmentalism, looking at the topics of obviously non-human animals relating to it. Uh, intersecting with environmentalism and then also human rights issues and intersection intersectioning with um environmentalism so sort of um you know um immigration and that also involves being anti-eco-fascism um and obviously i'm i'm quite passionate about human rights as well um because as the old phrase goes one struggle one fight human freedom animal rights um, and obviously as I've started to get more uh, into this and into the anarchism way of life unfortunately I've come around to find some people who disagree with me um, as you do and those people are quite right wing and they are vegan so I've had a lot of debates with one particular person about veganism politics and the right 
Um, which is weird. And obviously anonymous for the voiceless spouting their right wing shit <laughs> as well. George Martin, unfortunately, is quite known for that, um, which is a shame, really. Because I used to think Anonymous for the Voices were good, but you know, they don't support trans rights, they don't care about human rights, they don't mind racists coming into um, Anonymous as long as they're vegan and they care about animals. You know, you can't have liberation for animals if you've still got people viewing people of colour that way. You know what I mean? Just makes sense, you know? So as that went on, I um, started to learn about sort of the history also of um, human rights. Um, Yeah, learning about human rights and then the ALF, the Animal Liberation Front and what relates and how that relates to animal rights, how that relates, uh, sorry, how the Animal Liberation Front relates to anarchism and sort of how anarchism and how Animal Liberation Front and the Hunt Saboteurs acted act in a anarchistic style way. So that's their self-organising, the anti-hierarchical organising, um, which you don't see with activism today, which is a shame, really. Um, but yeah, so that's also one of the things what I love about Hunt Saboteurs is we are not hierarchical we are most people are sort of anarchistic in their mindset which is awesome which is brilliant and um that is sort of why it's um the activism for me so i just want to say a little bit about self-care and burnout um i'm going to be doing a podcast with a guest soon um about um, yeah, about, uh, self-care and burnout more and going into more depth. I just want to touch on it briefly. Um, because at the moment, a lot of us activists are forced to have a rest, um, because we're on lockdown due to COVID-19, very unfortunate situation, um, where a lot of people unfortunately are passing away due to this awful virus. Um, and there's a lot more debate to be had about that situation. But anyway, I think it's a very good time to practice self-care and to not to burn out because I've burnt out before um, and it's it's not good. And you have to, well, I had to go to a sanctuary <laughs> to spend the day to get back on track and to, to do some self-care. But I think it's really important to, in this period, to take care of yourself whatever it be, to do some self-care. Maybe you want to groom yourself or, um, you know, do have a face mask. It might seem silly to some people, but, you know, it's, it's relaxing. Whatever it may be, meditate, you know, that's really good. Do some yoga. Stay active. If you can and you're able, stay active, active and exercise. For me, I'm trying to work out every single day and getting it um, and get it, you know, and get myself feeling good and confident. Um, but yeah, it's good to try and to do that as much as you can. Today I haven't worked out, but that's okay. You're allowed to have those days where you don't, where you're not able to do so. Okay, and if you're not able to, 
try and stay creative because that's what I've done today. I've not worked out, but I'm working my mind. I'm researching. I'm planning. I put a lot of effort into podcasts. I'm finding guests for the podcast, which I'll touch on later, Um, you know. So, yeah, stay creative during this lockdown period. It's really good for your mental health. And don't be afraid to take breaks in general. When we when lockdown's over, don't be afraid to take breaks from animal rights activism because we see a lot of stuff and it's not good. It's not good. Um, it's very upsetting. It's traumatic. Um, you know, take breaks. Find something you enjoy, be it music, video games, football, or making podcasts. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can do anything that you like that you'll enjoy and it's good just to keep the mind active if you're able to get keep the body active then go for it brilliant it's wonderful so another topic that i'm very passionate about is um funding and well sorry donating to animal sanctuaries this helps animals directly for a movement that cares about animals, we don't actually do that much and there isn't a push to helping animals. You know, we'll go out and we'll buy a plant-based burger and we'll go out and we'll buy something that funds vivisection made by Galaxy, um, indirectly, of course. Um, we fund that and then, you know, we could actually help animals and we could help for their welfare, their care, their be- their like them being looked after, if we actually spent some of that money, if you have the money, obviously not everyone has the money to be able to, if you're privileged enough to have that money, then, you know, you should be putting it into a better place, rather than donating your money to Earthling Ed or Joey Carbstrong's um, thing, you know what I mean, like their Patreon, you could be donating that money to really help animals in sanctuaries, you know what I mean, or donating to your local Huntsab group, that's going to be needs that does need money you know it does petrol costs money you know what i mean but i also think one of the things that we can all do if you're able to walk around if you're not you know if you're able to walk around and you don't want to take any risks one of the things we can all do is help wildlife be allies to wildlife look out for the wildlife if you see an injured animal take the animal in or phone a charity, phone a wildlife charity, look after animals and look out for badgers because badgers are unfortunately targeted by dairy farmers and scapegoated. So we need to look out for injured animals. Injured ba- There's a thing called the Wounded Badger Patrol and that's a very good thing to do. And you need to look out for badger traps and you also need to look out for any type of traps, fox traps. You know, these people will... these farming type countrymen will try when they're not allowed to harm animals and you could save someone's life by finding a trap and recycling it if you feel comfortable or letting your giving your local hunt sab group a, a tip off giving them a call you know what i mean you could actually save an animal's life by doing that so um yeah and you know one of the things I do now is I go and I check out because in the UK you're allowed to walk for a de- like an hour or so. I go and I check out badger sets in my local in my local areas. Uh, you know, we look keep an eye out for um, 
four um, traps and cages. Um, but heading towards September, that's when you need to be looking out for these things. Um, okay, so badgers, badger sets, you know, you can keep an eye on them because, you know, you could look out for blocked badger sets as well, which is what the hunt um, do. They block badger sets to stop foxes going to ground, to stop foxes from escaping the hounds. So, you know, it's something that would be really good, really beneficial and something that it's very, you're not really going to get into trouble for, well, you're not going to get into trouble just walking and taking pictures of things, okay? You can go on footpaths, you don't have to trespass onto to farmland, you can do what you want, okay? So, that is something that you can do to directly help animals. So, I, um, at the moment, like I said, I... Um, my Well, my plans for the future for activism is to keep preparing for the cull season, badger cull, um, to prepare for the next maybe cubbing season that might happen or might not happen due to COVID, um, and then eventually the next hunting season. So that's what I'm doing, and um, I want to also keep having a go at doing my fur protests and making sure that that shop is held accountable for the animal use and animal exploitation which they sell in that shop. Um, yeah. Yeah, just making sure I do more of that. Um, protests, if they come up. Um, doing podcasts. Talking to people. Having discussions. And uh, yeah, that's it. So I want to give a little shout out here to an Instagram user. Um, he did, um, or they did, an amazing um, podcast recently with um, a platform. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, with a streamer, a podcaster. I don't know what the, what the term is, but with a podcast called Beyond Species. Um, and so that Instagram account is burn it, a burning slaughterhouse one one one. And so they did. Uh, on the Beyond Species channel, um, you can find that on Instagram or um, on Spotify. They did a really, really good uh, podcast about uh, grassroots activism and um, things that we can do um, at a local level um, and talks about disruptions, which is a cool, really important part of, um, yeah, of activism that um, we we should all get involved in and, and civil disobedience and things like that, something we should get involved in. So if you have the time, um, I really recommend you check that out. Um, so I've got some other recommendations of some different books and things. So I really recommend, uh, well, these are podcasts, uh, Let's Rage Together. Um, it's a podcast uh, talking about speciesism, animal rights, animal liberation, and politics, um, very similar to us actually, and they are one of the biggest inspirations for me making this podcast. And my other inspiration is the Beyond Species podcast, which I just said about. So they're on, they're both on Spotify, and I really, really recommend that you take a look at Let's Rage Together to question yourself about animal rights, animal liberation. Um, they have some really interesting perspectives, and the Beyond Species has some 
awesome, awesome guests, and they are two very big, um, yeah, sort of big inspirations to me, and yeah, they're all on Instagram, so check them out, and also Animal Resistance um, as well, check them out, that's the Beyond Species hosts Instagram, and that's a really, really important page actually, um, talking about different things relating to it. Uh, okay, so I also really recommend there's a particular podcast on YouTube um, with Roger Yates. Okay, so Roger Yates did a podcast with uh, Jake Conroy and Ronnie Lee discussing methods to go about animal liberation um, and different things for the future. Um, three amazing people. I would actually really love them to be on this podcast as well. Um, so also the Keith Mann book uh, called From Dusk to Dawn. So I really recommend people buy that um, on his website, uh, website uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, or or is it, I, I think it's that, dot .org, sorry, From Dusk from dusk to dawn dot org dot uk um i really hope you could purchase that book because um keith mann unfortunately is in hospital at the moment suffering with covid19 uh, he's been uh sort of done the test and is now positive um unfortunately tested positive for covid19 and he needs money to be able to uh, get the raw vegan food that he needs um, and the vitamin C tablets, because um, he can't get those. So yeah, please, please, please help him out and help his family out by um, purchasing his book. And also the book is an amazing read. Um, I really, really recommend that. Okay, perfect. Um, I also really recommend uh, Jake, Conroy, J- Jake Conroy's YouTube channel, The Cranky Vegan, um, discusses uh, issues... Uh, very similarly about animal rights strategy, um, animal liberation strategy, the things that we can do for the future. Um, and I am very much in agreement with him. So please check him out. Uh, and another book I really recommend is Peter Singer's book, Animal Liberation. Um, you can actually get that online as a PDF for free. So I really recommend that. Um, I also recommend, um, well, I also recommend reading some stuff about uh, anarchism and animal rights and how they relate so that is on youtube so please please uh check that out if i can i'm not sure if i can yet uh, about i don't know this is my first podcast so hopefully if i can add show notes i will add a show note to this and put some links in there things to check out but i'm not sure how that will work if not just message uh message me on instagram um so yeah i haven't so that's another thing uh i'll tell you about that in a minute but um i also another book this is not um a book about animal liberation or animal rights really this is more about environmentalism but i really recommend it it's called eat more raw a guide to health and sustainability so to do with like plant-based raw diet so i really recommend that book it's really changed my perspective on on different things with regards to environmentalism um so yeah no i really recommend that it's it's um yeah eat more raw guide to health and sustainability by steve charter so i really recommend that book um so yeah if you want any recommendations or any links sent to you um we have an instagram page um and it's called the beyond uh sorry (laughs) it's called the absolute liberation podcast so we're on instagram we're also on facebook 
and feel free to follow my personal account as well. I'll probably respond quicker on there. Um, yeah, please uh, make sure you uh, follow us on there. And if you want any um, information or if you have any ideas of anything that you would like me to discuss with somebody or on my own or with you, um, then, yeah, please get in contact with us through those means. So my Instagram as well is uh, at antispeciesist underscore Ollie. So feel free to check me out if you so wish. Um, Yeah, so I also want to give a quick little shout out and a thank you to my friend Eve for designing um, the logo and the cover photo on the Facebook page. Thank you so much, so, so much. And thank you for giving me motivation to actually do this because I was talking to her about it and now I'm doing it. So this is cool. Um, But that being said, I would what I really, really want is um, guests. So I want to discuss anything to do with vegan issues, speciesism, environmentalism, individual experiences, because, you know, it's it's cool to learn about these things and uh, politics. So we don't have to agree. You could be, um, you know, different viewpoint to me. Uh, it'd be interesting to to hear about what you think, um, even if it's just a debate over Instagram or if you do want to come on a podcast. I really would love some podcast uh, people to join us, some guests. I've got some people already lined up, um, which I'm looking forward to. And I would really, really love um, to have some other people the cranky vegan, if he's listening, probably not, <laughs> and uh, Mel Broughton on some awesome older activists, I'd really, really love to have them on at some point, so that'd be cool, but yeah, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, wherever wherever it is, on Anchor, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever this podcast is, thank you so much for listening, until next time, love and liberation.